You really think your sister could still be out there after all these years? If there is any chance that I could find out what happened to her, I need to try. Hello and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan Klein. And I'm Sergio Robles. And in case you hadn't noticed, I'm super duper sick right now. Um, the Blair Witch has cursed me. But you got sick before you saw the movie. There's a tree growing inside my throat. She wanted to prevent me from seeing it. But I prevailed because I'm a good horror journalist. Yeah, this episode we're going to be reviewing Blair Witch, which came out in theaters this Friday. Yeah, kind of like we did for The Conjuring, except we're going to be actually releasing it now, or yeah. this weekend. I mean, that was the plan all along, but The Conjuring came out before our podcast yeah. did, so we're like, guess we gotta save it up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so this episode might not be super long, because like maybe a wooden stick figure is going to burst out of my esophagus at any point. He's exaggerating, folks. He's fine. I might have to start writing on a chalkboard and have Sergio say what I need to say. So I'll be just fighting against myself? Yeah, exactly. Let's get started on our discussion of Blair Witch. It's the technically the second sequel to Blair Witch after Book of Shadows Blair Witch 2. But this movie rightfully ignores that one. Yeah. Uh, we both watched that movie to prepare. It's not good. Um, <clears throat> here's the synopsis. I like My spooky horror movie narrator voice is already here. So. Ooh. It's been 20 years since James's sister and her two friends vanished into the Black Hills Forest in Maryland while researching the legend of the Blair Witch, leaving a trail of theories and suspicions in their wake. James and his friends Peter, Ashley, and film student Lisa venture into the same woods, each with a camera, to uncover the mysteries surrounding their disappearance. Now, obviously, the original Blair Witch Project was a huge phenomenon. It was. It was pretty amazing. I remember. I was alive at that time, Brennan. Oh, what? what? Yeah. I mean, you, so was I. I was five. Do you remember it, though? No, I don't know. I see. I remember the phenomenon, the, the, the hoopla, the, the whodunit about it, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, people thought it was real because mm-hmm. of, like, their really extensive viral marketing campaign, which is awesome. Well, actually, I didn't know anybody who had a computer back then, but, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, I believe you for that. And, like, word of mouth and stuff. Mm-hmm. But thing, obviously that wasn't going to happen with this movie. No one's going to think it's real. But I still did get mad when the Lionsgate logo came up in the beginning. I was like, just just shove me into it, mm-hmm. please. Yeah, let's get started. What is your scariness rating, Sergio? Um, My scariness rating is I give it three witches, um, which is appropriate because this is the third Blair Witch film. Uh, okay. Yeah, I got scared. There were kind of quite a few jump scares. Uh, but overall, it's pretty good. Uh, one thing that I liked was for one of the jump scares. Um, uh, it was like kind of like repeatedly. It was kind of like um, when I think the same like three, like five minute maybe that one of the characters, uh, Lisa, gets scared. Like people like sneak up on her. Oh, that they was that, great. They do that classic horror movie thing where they like lurk in the shadows and then they're like, hey, how you doing? She's like, please stop. And she's like, why does everybody keep doing this? Like when the second person does mm-hmm. it to her. And like it had me roaring. It was good. That was funny. I think that's... um. Because this movie was directed by Adam Wingard mm-hmm. and written by Simon Barrett. And they were yeah. the duo behind Your Next, which I loved. Yep. And The Guest, which I liked a lot and Sergio hated. But that's fine. Yeah. 
Yeah, we have, um, we've actually met and spoken with Matt or Matt, <laughs> uh, Simon and Adam. You know, I was gonna name drop that. Mm, we're pretty cool. Yeah. Um, we have pictures. Well, Brandon has pictures. I'm just like whatever. Mm-hmm. Here, I'll take the picture. But yeah, they're they're a super cool filmmaking duo to watch out for. Yeah. And I think that 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 particular line is kind of evidence of like Simon Barrett behind the yeah. scenes because it's very much his sense of mm-hmm. humor. He's a really funny dude. Yeah, he likes to kind of twist the tropes around. Mm-hmm. Even though th- this movie was a very straightforward horror film, like some of his humor kind of came through in the characters and their interactions. Totally. Um, do you have more about scariness? Like, what scared you the most in this movie? Oh, by the way, there will be spoilers. We will be discussing spoilers. Um, what scared me the most? Huh. There were parts that were kind of graphic and made me uneasy, like mm-hmm. um, with the girl and her cut. Um, the character we're talking about is Ashley, played by Corbin Reed. Is she related to Corbin Blue? I don't think first names are how that works. But it's like, it's a, it's different in the film community. It's not Iceland. <laughs> they're um they're they're crossing the river. They're fording the river, which, as any Oregon Trail fan knows, is a terrible idea. And Ashley gets cut on the bottom of her foot by, is it a rock? Is it a witch? Who knows? Mm-hmm. But this cut is not doing great. No, it's not. It's really gross. Something's moving in there. Uh, there's something moving out there. Where's that from? Harry Potter? Yeah, the Prisoner of Azkaban. That's Yay. that was my impression that i thought it was a really good at when i was a kid um still got it folks mm-hmm. yeah that scene was very reminiscent of the ruins for me like creepy things pulsating inside of you mm-hmm. um which i mean i love the ruins the book more than the movie mm-hmm. but both i am into so like i, I thought that was cool which actually kind of segues into my scariness score i'm also giving it three out of five screams i i think that a lot of the scares were very derivative of other movies like I was watching it and I was like, oh, that's kind of from The Ruins or that's kind of from Wreck or that's kind of from yeah. whatever. It was weird. The um, ep- the premiere episode of season six of American Horror Story had a lot of the same themes, like out in the woods, like weird pulsating trees and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this can't be a coincidence, right? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so like literally reminded me of a TV show I watched on Wednesday. <laughs> but I think it was very effective still. I think that once it once it finally got into the scariness because it was a very long first act yeah i totally agree that once we kind of got past the initial like getting to know these characters i felt that it kind of did develop into a certain flow especially once after what's his face left peter peter yeah once he was gone i was like okay i'm into this because i kind of like disliked his character the most he was a real dick he was a real dick his character was constantly mocking the town the townspeople who, like, you know, they believe in the superstition around the Blair Witch because they grew up in the area. And, like, he knows that his best friend lost his sister to this, and yet he's still openly mocking the belief around it or the lore around it. And I was like, you don't do that. Yeah. Especially when someone's doing you a favor. Yeah, these are, like, th- there are two town folk that are, like, leading them through the woods, and he's just constantly at their throats. And it's like, this might not be the best idea. That was another thing that was kind of cliche, like those kind of characters are very mm-hmm. present in like mid two thousand cinema, especially yeah. found footage movies. Um, and so like that kind of stuff I was a little frustrated by, but I think there were some very effective, very subtle scares. Like I think um, they really def- they really towed the line between the original Blair Witch of not showing anything, leaving everything to the imagination. Mm-hmm. Like they towed the line between that and like, we have a budget, we can do more. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, they kind of found 
a more or less perfect balance between that. Like they showed us things that we couldn't. I would agree with that. Yeah. They, yeah. they showed us things that weren't explained and that we uh-huh. couldn't understand. Um, and that were scary, but they weren't um, like, cause I mean, the they whole, operated with like the less is more kind of mentality. Yeah, definitely. Like it was teasing you and letting you like imagine things, but at the same time, like, you know what, here it is. You finally got what you wanted. Yeah. I mean, there is spoilers there. We do get to see the Blair Witch multiple times and in different forms. And, yeah. And in multiple incarnations in guises. Yeah. And, um, that part I think is where it goes a little too far because I, I, I don't think, um, it's mm. part of the lore to show the Blair Witch because mm-hmm. by essence, she is unknowable. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think that what they did was super creepy. I, I'm almost certain that that character was played by Javier Botet if they, if not a CGI person. Who's Javier Botet? Um, Javier Botet. He's, he's basically, I call him the modern Lon Chaney. Um, he played Len- Who is that? Lon Chaney. Well, he's the retro Javier Botet. Um, no. <laughs> Lon Chaney played a bunch of like universal monsters back in the day and oh, a lot okay. of horror movie creatures. He was All called right. the, the man of a thousand faces because cool. he had a bunch of makeup on and stuff. Oh, so he was like the Alan Cumming of those days. Not Alan Cumming. Um, who was, who played the monkey in or the ape in Planet of the Apes? Oh. And Gollum. Who played Gollum? Andy Circus. Andy Circus. He was the Andy Circus of those days. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Okay, sure. That's fine. Um, Just agree with me on this. I'm right. Mm-hmm. But like he scared people in a lot of different guises as monsters and stuff. Um, Javier Botet was in Wreck as La Nina Medgueros, the super scary attic demon. Okay. Um, and then he went on to appear in, he's, he's been in Crimson Peak. He was the crooked man in The Conjuring 2. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, Guy if, gets around. Yeah. If you need anything... Like, really tall and skinny and terrifying. Javier Botet is your guy. He was in The Revenant, too, in a dream sequence. Was he really? Mm-hmm. What did he put? Well, I don't really care about The Revenant. That uh-huh. whole movie was a nightmare for me. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Leo. <clears throat> but he's he's going to be in the upcoming It remake and also the remake of The Mummy. Um, <gasps> Does he play The Mummy? Wait, no. Female plays The Mummy. Yeah, that's Sofia Batella from okay. Kingsman. I, I assume he plays something scary. Um <clears throat> Oh, and he was in the other side of the door. Is that creepy, like, four-armed demon thing that was chasing after remember. Sarah Wayne Callis? Okay, remember. you were probably asleep during that. I did fall asleep. <clears throat> Whatever, that movie was boring. But it had arms covering its eyes, and then it removed one pair, and then there were still more hands covering its eyes. Kind of like that scene. Oh, I remember that. That was kind of cool. Yeah, kind of like that scene in Airplane where the air traffic controller takes off his sunglasses and there's more sunglasses in it. Yeah, it's but a much scary. less comedic effect. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so sorry for the tangent although i guess i've been leaving the tangents in more because i find them amusing yeah so um, javier botet like I'm that con- was him i just that that character at least was worthy of him i was scared by it even though i felt found it kind of derivative and a little bit too much for the most part it towed the line but mm-hmm. let's um scariness is probably the most important thing in this movie but let's move on because we've been here for a while mm-hmm. um what's your campiness score um well our discussion on scariness kind of like leans into every one of my other scores as to why I gave it that score. Okay. And for campiness, I gave it like a two. Uh, I thought the writing was really good, um, but I found that the tropes were kind of, like they acted against the movie at certain times because mm-hmm. they were really, just really bad. Like you have the, the doubting friends, you have the the weird townspeople, you also have um, just really... I remember you being really annoyed that they went to, they split up all the time. 
Yeah, they do that thing where they split up that everybody does in movies, and it's like, no, don't do that. You're going to die. Um, although I kind of did like what they did where the two groups split up at that one point, and then you see the other group later, like, in the middle of the night, like, it's been five days since we last saw you, and they're mm. like, really? It's only been 24 hours for us. If I was rating it on, like, literal campiness, like, in terms of camping, five out of five. Um, but our Yeah, I gave mine... The little moniker that I gave it was two campsites. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. See, go me. Okay. My, but I'm going to give it two out of five perms. Campsites. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think there was a very solid, genuine sense of humor that Simon Barrett provided, especially in the first act. Mm-hmm. Um, like when... Um, oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, what? Not to interrupt you, but I'm going to forget if I don't tell you. One thing that I hated about this movie was that weird club scene. Oh, yeah. There was a club scene very early on. Where they, like... Where do you decide to test out your film equipment that you're going to put on your ear? Because it's a ear cam or something. Mm-hmm. You test it out at the club. That's yeah, that was over ridiculous. Drinks. And I just, uh, that annoyed me. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Brennan. Continue. No, that's fair. Um, I think the fact that they had earpiece cameras was a very good justification for why they continued filming when they ended up in like a dire situation. Because uh-huh. the cameras were attached to them. They, mm-hmm. they just didn't turn them off. Oh, one of my favorite moments of like Blair Witch mythology because obviously like it's all about found footage it's all about like all of this like people keep filming and they keep yeah. doing this thing um but there's a part where they they meet up with the local couple that found the tape of his sister mm-hmm. and so they come in with all their documentary cameras on and stuff and they're like oh we're gonna need you to sign a waiver probably to like appear in our documentary yeah and then the the guy was like well you'll have to sign a waiver for me too because he has this old like mini db camera that he's Mm -hmm. filming them with and it's just this like funny um interaction because like everyone who's obsessed with the blur witch has a camera that's just like how it works now Mm -hmm. and i i thought that was an amusing commentary on that i like that it was funny yeah i think that's it for campiness for me yeah i stated what i had to state Okay. Which was my anger with that club scene. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Oh, and they had a drone, which Sergio liked, but I thought it didn't really do anything. At least to my effects, me, for me. Okay, what's your effects score? I gave it two. <gasps> Great. I liked the drone. Um, the drone was pretty cool. Um, like, you're right, it didn't really do anything, but at the very least, like, they included some new technology. Yeah, it gave us a different angle. I just feel like every horror movie has a drone right now. Really? What other movie has a drone? Um, there was a drone I in, in Conjuring. The Purge election year. Okay. Um, there was a drone in. That's the, more action. There was a drone in the Poltergeist remake that they flew through the other side. It was the I stupidest thing. I'll yeah. probably asleep for that one. Yeah, you probably you pushed it out of your mind, which I wish I could. That movie was so bad. It was not great. Um, it was bad. Just call a spade a spade. Mm. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were they they flew a drone through the other side. That's not okay. I just think it was like a little too on the nose, trendy for me. But mm-hmm. I, like, I do appreciate another angle. But there are like a million angles in this movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like the drone would make more sense in this movie than in the other two. I guess you're right. It was not helpful though. Mm. Um, anything else for effects for you? Um, oh, I didn't like the inconsistent shape of the Blur Witch herself. Or himself, not to be, you know. I think she's a she. Like okay. she's she's specifically like the the ghost of like one woman. Okay. Yeah, I didn't really like her inconsistent shape because they were kind of like two forms to her. Spoilers: they were two forms to her. Yeah, I I don't know about that. I think that's, um, you know, I'm gonna save that topic for a minute. Um, but my effect score, I, I'm giving it three out of five stick figures. Um, I just think that 
what they did with their like their low budget low res effects worked really well right. i think the actual monster is creepy even though it's derivative i love there's a scene that's in the trailer where um they're running away and their tents are just being like torn off the ground yeah and launched into the sky and i love that effect i liked it i don't i don't know to me it was like what was causing this what happened why did the tree fall on that one dude why did um ashley like get snatched all of a sudden like when she was on the ground okay i, I know that's all like blair which supernatural forces but at the same time like i do like to know what's happening no see that that's actually that's that's the topic i was avoiding talking about but let's do it uh, this is actually my biggest problem with the film is that the mythology is super inconsistent. That is a problem it inherited from the original film mm-hmm. because it's just kind of like it kind of ignores what the menace actually is able to do. And it's just like, what's scary? Like, let's do some scary stuff. It doesn't matter like what rules are govern- governing this creature or whatever. Mm-hmm. And obviously... Like, a big part of the Blair Witch is that she's unknowable. Like, the rules under which she operates are are so opposite to the rules of the world that we understand that it's, like, freaky and all this stuff, but they just threw too much stuff into this, too. Mm-hmm. Like, um, there was this weird time travel element that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. And then there's, like, these weird little creatures, and then there's, like, satanic witch phenomena. What were those creatures? Ghost stuff. I don't know. Like there were there were just too many things and it was like I just feel like um the Blair Witch is like a teenager in high school. Like she hasn't found her identity yet and she's just like going through these different phases okay, of like different genres. I like it. And I feel like I like I know I'm not supposed to understand the Blair Witch, but I feel like there's a a level to which her antics are so over the top and so inconsistent that I have no idea what to be afraid of. Or what is going on or anything mm-hmm. um, that I lose a sense of stakes because I'm like literally anything can happen and I don't really care. Like I don't need to know the exact rules governing the witch, but I need to know like one thing that we can figure out. Or it's like, oh, if you do this, you're safe. Or like, oh, uh, if you... They gave us that at the end though, which yeah, was really weird. They did, but it was really arbitrary and dumb. Yeah, and it was kind of like he just figured it out like spur of the moment. It really didn't explain why he knew it. Yeah, it was very, it was very mystical, very it's esoteric. Very, I feel like it was very Dante's Inferno, or mm-hmm. not Dante's Inferno. Um, what's that guy who wrote the Da Vinci Code? Brown's Dan Inferno. Brown. It was Brown's Inferno. Oh, you mean the trailer for Dan yeah. Brown's Inferno, where Tom Hanks is like, Rubik's cube. Cubes are square. Squares were invented by Fibonacci. Dante's death mask. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, he just comes up with this like epiphany out of nowhere. That was kind of like where he, like that was that character, Ethan James. James. I was way off there. Mm-hmm. Um, James' character comes to this um, realization that to avoid the witch, all you have to do is blink. Um, well, l- l- not look at it. Like, sta- m- stare in the corner. Yeah, like, not stare at her. And it's like, at what point did you realize this? Did someone tell you when you were alone in the room? I mean, actually, there was a line earlier that one of the people, um, that one of the townspeople said where it's like, if you look at her, you die instantly. She's kind of like a basilisk. Oh, it was during that part that you were not paying any attention because I remember mentioning something else and you're like, what, really? Oh, well. Again, the beginning part of the movie was really hard to get into. Like, I think that the movie has some really deep problems, but I think it's a fun roller coaster campfire story. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give it three out of five unlucky stars. Oh, wow. I got you to lower your rating then. No. Um, like, I w- on, on my blog, I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. Oh. Well, but that seven out of ten, 
It either goes to four or it goes to three, and I don't feel confident enough to have it at a four. Okay, cool. Um, I I enjoyed I enjoyed the process of watching this movie. I think it's probably scarier than the Blair Witch Project, which yeah. is not difficult because nope. the Blair Witch Project is bare bones, yeah. is all hell. But it I, changed the game. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, no, it, I. That's the thing. I don't think it's better than the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. I think it's scarier and probably more fun and more like fast paced. Mm-hmm. But it's not an improvement necessarily. I'm happy it exists. Yeah. Um, and I had a great time, and I would recommend just going to check it out. But it's it's not changing the game. Yeah. It's just a decent found footage uh-huh. thriller, which it's in is no cool. Way, yeah, like it's in no way revolutionary in the way that its predecessor was. Um, it yeah like i'm gonna give it a three three out of five um which eyes okay that's fine eyes of newt yeah i got scared eventually um i think that the first act really kind of just drudged along where you were just forced to pay attention and stuff i thought the story was kind of cool where it's like okay the reason why i'm vested into this uh and like wanting to go seek out the blair witch is because the person who went missing was my sister i was like okay i can see why someone would want to do that Otherwise, everything else seemed like a trope. Everything else has been done, and it's been done better before. Uh, yeah. yeah I, was, I feel like I'm hitting the nail on the head. Yeah. And, oh, one thing that really bothered me about this movie is that it has one of those super annoying, fake-ass found footage movie scores where it's like when something creepy is happening, there's this low kind of buzzing tone in the background that, like, I, I think it thinks it's disguising itself as like camera interference or something, but mm-hmm. it's very clearly a musical score mm-hmm. attempting to like build some kind I didn't of pick tension. Up on that, but I'm not like as attuned to noise and sound as Brennan is. Mm-hmm. I just like that's something that really bothers me in found footage movies. It's like when they try to um, put a score in there, it really violates the reality of it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because I think there are some moments of silence in this film that are perfect. Like, the sound design is, can be so scary when it wants to be, and it doesn't uh-huh. need any score like that. Like, because the silence in these woods is so absolute, all you can hear is, like, the characters breathing, and it's really creepy. I thought the first movie did a better job with that. Yeah. Like, absolute silence and making you, like, really feel like you're alone in the woods. Exactly. And that something can strike out at you at any one point. Like, you just feel so vulnerable in pitch black darkness. Mm-hmm. And then this one, it was, like... It felt like a really small movie. I felt like we traveled more in the other one. We saw more of the woods. We had the more like a better, a better ability to get lost. That doesn't make any sense. Um, we were lost longer mm-hmm. for this one. Like we only really ever saw like three separate things. Yeah, there was that like the campsite, campsite and then like the down trail, the hill. Um, and then the house, and that was really. And the house was in a place they'd already visited yeah, too. Yeah, it felt su- it felt like going from here to the corner of the block. And that's about a 50, 50 foot different like distance. Yeah, you're right. I didn't notice that, but you're right. Because it felt smaller, and like, I don't know. That's, eh. I don't know what else to say to that. No, that makes a lot of sense actually. I mean, like I was saying, like there are parts where it lives in a quiet moment, and they're really good. Like my favorite shot in the film is when um, James and Lisa are together, and they're really freaking out. And James is just telling Lisa to breathe. She's just like calming oh, I down. I love that. And she breathes that. and her breath fogs up the camera and it's really pretty. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the one evidence of like Adam Wingard actually at work here mm-hmm. because I think over the course of his career, like from 
you're next to the guest to this like he's shown a very clear improvement as a crafter of visuals yeah um and i think that was by far the one thing where i was like yes there you are you are directing a movie and this is really good okay yeah i will say that's probably like the shining moment of that film Mm -hmm. where she kind of like she like spoiler alert she had the ability to sort of thwart the witch um we kind of touched upon this earlier where it's like you don't have to see her or you like just to survive you don't make eye contact yeah you with can't her. look directly at her it, it's literally like the basilisk uh-huh. if you've read um harry potter and the Chamber of Secrets. the movie i've also read the book but it was like years ago when i read the book I yeah, read it it's once. like you look you look through the mirror you uh-huh. see it in a puddle and you're okay you're you're petrified but you're 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 okay yeah whatever um and what was i saying yeah and at one point uh jay tells her you know what it's jay right james james i thought she called him jay too Probably. I think she just dropped them. Like, it was very quiet. James. James. All right. Um, well, Jay tells her, you know what? Breathe. I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to take care of you. Everything will be okay. And, like, that helps calm her down. And then she's stuck in a tunnel at some point trying to break free or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, like, uses that same, like, mom, technique. Um, technique. Um, same idea. Mantra. I was going to say mantra or something. I don't know. I was going to say memento. I know that's wrong. Um, it's a different movie yeah uh same mantra to like clear her head and to like power through and to make it through that tunnel i was like okay this is this is great okay this is mm-hmm. why i want like i came to see this movie or like see any movie that uh barrett and wingard have done um but eventually like i was like i didn't believe that as a character she was so easily thwarted and like fell for the fact that someone mm-hmm. was behind her that was just the ending was kind of disappointing mm-hmm. A bit obvious. I would have liked that someone had survived. I know that, like, if it's true to the first one, no one lives. Yeah, because um, it was like, we found this tape in the woods. It was in the hands of a living person. Yeah. That's not really how it works. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Yeah, you've heard my rants. Yeah, I understand. Should I say um, more? No, that's fine. Okay. Did you give your score? It was three out of five? I gave it three out of five, yeah. Okay, so we we agree. Like, I, I liked it a little more than you, but the, yeah. there were some severe flaws better than book of shadows it was better than book of shadows that leads us to the next thing yeah how does the movie fit into the blair witch franchise for you brennan um i think it's probably second best like i said it's scarier than the blair witch but obviously as a phenomenon it has failed to live up to it Mm -hmm. like it worked under the code name the woods for a while and then it switched to blair witch and it was it, it was a cool reveal but i just feel like it didn't have that kind of impact yeah. Because I don't think anyone was talking about the woods except for like horror journalists like me. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I I was excited. I don't know. Um, I think it's probably the worst of the three recent Wingard Barrett movies. Um, your next, like I said, is a masterpiece. Um, the guest I really really like and I think has a very strong visual sense. Um, it has great visuals okay mm-hmm. like if you ever saw drive and you want to like see a knockoff of it yeah you can rent the guest um, no like i'm sorry that's mean um it was really good it was really well done and i myself could probably not do better i'm being too nice now what's something in between no um, um i think you found it pretentious and um i can i can understand an argument where people think it's a little all over the place but I really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. It's a great popcorn movie. Um, My main quarrels were with like the CIA looking guy. Oh yeah, no, he was bad. Yeah, um, his writing was so awful, <laughs> and just he was over the top. Like I'm gonna get him. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I think this movie is probably um, the least of their recent output, but I think it's still promising for what's to come. Like, I hope it makes so much money. It will make money. Because this is... like a shut up and out, the movie's going to make money. And this is their biggest opportunity. Yeah. Like, I think that if this movie is really successful, that'll open up a lot of doors for them as a mm. partnership, which is great, and they can make things... They can make your next two... So ready. I don't see that happening, but okay. I at least want another movie with Sharni Vincent because she's the best. She might get invited at some point. She might be the witch's next kill. Oh, that'd be cool. She could be the witch. Mm-hmm. witch no, she'll she she'll read the Book of Shadows. Oi, what's d- all we, this then? We do need a we do need a Blair Witch movie that has an actual Book of Shadows though. Yeah, I do kind of want them to redeem that movie or just that premise because that movie is just at this point it's just like the forgotten middle child. Oh yeah, it's it's the ginger stepchild in the corner in the basement. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so, because it really has no place. It's not a found footage movie. I don't know. And it's not. It's not a good movie. There's no witch. Was there a witch? There was like a weird, the ring child. Um, I don't know. Well, wh- how do you think this stacks up in the Blair Witch? Um, mythology? I agree with you. Pretty pretty much like on every point. Okay. Um, I think that it's the second best movie. Um, the first one really got under your skin. I remember the first time I saw it, like I was a child at that point, but I remember being freaked the F out. I remember thinking, okay, this, this witch is going to get me. Like I, like I knew it was a fake movie, but the person that I was watching with got so scared that like their fear seeped into me. And I was like, okay, what if, what if this kid's right? You know, what if there's uh-huh. a witch that's going to get me at night? I can't sleep. Um, so that really did creep me out. This one doesn't have that same effect really. Um, there were jump scares, which the first one didn't have, mm-hmm. but at the same time, this one's working with a much bigger budget, so you do have to outdo it at least in one aspect, and it chose that one. Yeah, like, I, I don't think it's hard to put more scares into a movie than Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Like, that's, um, like, the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. I felt like the people were probably more likable in the first one. I don't know, they were pretty annoying in the first one, but they felt more like people. Yeah. They felt more like characters. They didn't feel like archetypes. Uh-huh. Um... What else is there to say? Uh, Book of Shadows, we're going to ignore that, even though I've talked a little bit about it. it, Like, in comparison to the rest of Wingard and Barrett's work, I'll say that I think that the reason that it got kind of bogged down is probably because this is their first major studio film. And I don't know how much of that, like, the studio influence, you know, killed the artist's creativity. Yeah, I don't know about that. That might just be, like, giving them the benefit of a doubt, but I feel like... Because I have seen your next, and I really do appreciate that. Like, I really like that movie. And I can respect aspects of... Mm-hmm. The guest. The guest. But, like, ultimately, it's a really well-done movie. But this one just kind of fell flat in comparison to their yeah. two arguably smaller films. I mean, the thing about those two films is that they're completely original films. I mean, they take a lot of um, tropes from genres and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, they're made from scratch and that's kind of like what i think their specialty is is to make really interesting movies that are actually original mm-hmm. and like they were working within this blur witch framework within this actual mythology and i think they were limited by that totally i agree 100 percent. i'm just saying things now okay um well i think that brings us to the end of our blur witch episode no um we didn't argue as much this time no we're kind I, of on the same page we can argue that argument we can argue that argument no we can that's rehash that argument. argument that we had yeah we can no we're, we're it's been going too long okay so if you see this movie let us know if you think 
that the image that you see at the beginning of the movie is the same as the scene at the end of of the girl reflected in the mirror yeah because i think it's kind of like this weird timeline thing where the video they were watching was actually um lisa uh-huh and you think that it was lisa rehashing the exact same uh step by step that heather did right yeah um i'm gonna reiterate that because i don't think that made sense it didn't Nothing um, I ever says makes sense. Yeah. No, there's a tape they watch in the beginning. There's a reflection in a window that they're like, oh, that's Heather. That we need to go to that house to there's find There's a Heather. mirror. I'm pretty sure it was a window, but whatever. Um, whatever. I guess it's a mirror. You're right. It's a mirror. Yeah. Um, so um, then later in the movie, Lisa goes through the same steps. Like we see her in the mirror and she locks this door. Sergio thinks that it was kind of like a recursive time warp thing where they were watching their own tape from the future. And I think um, that scene was just to show that Lisa's in the exact same position that Heather is in, so we know she's in peril. I think that's a possibility, but I feel like it was the exact same scene, which to me is like, you can, I don't know. like I just, I, I just feel like if they were watching their own tape, they would notice. I would look like such a fool. I'm gonna look like such a fool. Well, you never, you never saw anything besides that. We never saw anything of um, Ethan or whatever the hell, not Ethan, James. James. No, well, presumably because we watched that entire tape, and there's a whole bunch of like her shouting at whatever. James and stuff. I'm gonna look like such a fool when this comes out, and I'm wrong. Yeah, hashtag Sergio Gate. Like, I love your theory, but it doesn't really make any sense. All right, let us know what you think, Matt, Shannon, Tristan. Like, come on, share your opinions. Okay. Yeah, and speaking of sharing your opinions, um. You should all go see Blair Witch this weekend. Yeah. Um, if you have seen it already, please tweet at us. We want to know what you think. Please tell us. We do. Um, we might have you come on. Not like on another Blair Witch thing, but yeah. for a different movie. Blair Witch Part 2. Um, Everybody gabs. Everybody is that, gabs. Is that like a Gore Gab reference? Kind of. Okay. Watch Gore Gab. I can't watch podcasts. <laughs> Listen to Gorgab. Um, yeah, there's. Um, I don't think I've actually officially talked about it on the show. There's another um, show on the Couple to Radio Network. It's called Gorgab. It's um, it's a show that I, I scouted for the network. I'm very proud of. It's very funny. Yeah, if you want to. Great personalities. Let's hurry before Mac gets more mad at us. The dog outside. Um, but yeah, um, please tweet your opinions on Blair Witch at us at Scream One One Pod. Um, find us on Facebook at Screen One One Podcast. Mm-hmm. You can email us creepy photos of stick figures. No nudes though. Screen what? No nudes. Oh, okay, I thought you said no dudes, and I was like, that's sexist. No, no nudes at Screen One One Podcast. Unless they're dudes at gmail dot com. Oh God. And the last thing, find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars because we're going out of our way to do like theatrical release reviews, and this yeah. takes so much more time. It does, and but it costs you know us money. You get a $5 gift card to Baskin Robbins. That'll cost even more money. For me. I'm doing this. Okay, fine. Can I subscribe and then I get some ice cream? No. You already did. I need something for my throat. <laughs> oh. Well, have some cough drops. I have one. I have one like on deck waiting for me. I'm so excited. I see it. All right. Hurry up and finish this up so you can enjoy your ludens. All right. Good luck on your journey, everybody. Thank right, you for Everybody listening. stay gold. Thank you. Beautiful people. Goodbye. My first name is Brennan. My second name is Brennan. I'm, so I'm Brennan Brennan. And I'm here to perform Brennan Sings the Blues for you. That sounds great. Well, 
When I was a kid, I cleaned up the pee for the dogs to flee. Troubling times, man. Okay. So I'll be just fighting against myself. Yeah, exactly. I'll be like, no, no. Oh, yeah. We can cut that out. Let's cut that out. <laughs> um, one of the blooper reels I made is just of you saying, let's cut that out. Just cut it out. Get rid of it. <laughs> it's because I'm drunk on power, man. I have that executive producer power now. This isn't an episode of Chelsea. Don't, that's disgusting. I'm sorry. Oh, God. I'm drinking tea. And spilling it too. We don't okay. know how it works. China has like, I think first name is your last name. I think. In like in America. I read a book about it. Oh, uh-huh. uh, like, let's cut that out and post. Okay. Um, it's not Iceland, says Brennan. It's not. You're right. This episode was brought to you by Cupholder Radio. You can find more episodes of this show and others at cupholderradio.com or wherever podcasts are sold. Get out. The podcast is coming from inside the house. Hello there. I'm Uncle Ponyboy. Do you like suspense? Don't go in there! Buckets of blood and human excrement? Pour upon me! Gratuitous nudity with more boobies than you can handle? Let me see them. And radical hairstyles? Oh, yeah! Then you should check out the Gorgab Podcast, hosted by yours truly and DJ Gill. Hello! You can find us on the iTunes Podcast Store and on Twitter at Gorgab Podcast. And while you're at it, go ahead and go check out cupholderradio.com. It's podcast for the weird at heart.